Hi everyone, my name is Teemu Arina. I'm from the Biker's Handbook and today we will focus on the gut. The, you know, the source of, you know, everything when it comes to uh, energy levels and uh, awesome brain function and so on. It's like your second brain. If your gut is not functioning well, probably your brain is not working either and your energy levels will be diminished. So um, a lot of people nowadays have gut problems because of modern lifestyle, stress, uh, you know, different w things that are affecting gut microbiome and uh, reduces the microbial diversity and so on. Uh, probiotics are extremely popular supplements and uh, people are looking into solutions, both dietary interventions as well as supplementation to get their system back to the basics. Now, I want to tell you uh, a story, my own story of how, you know, I got into biohacking actually. So I'm a, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur and I was working really, really hard on, on everything, you know, uh, related to my startups um, over 10 years ago. And, and one, thing, one thing that I noticed uh, after a while was that I started getting uh, pain in the gut. Um, like when my stomach was empty, I felt a little bit of pain and when I ate something, it, it went away. And uh, so I didn't think too much about that. But then after a while, the pain was lingering even when I ate something and I had low energy levels and so on. And I did what many people do in that situation. I went to the doctor and I got prescribed some uh, proton pump inhibitors. Proton pump inhibitors are reducing your the production of, um, of stomach acid. And the idea is that it helps the you know, wound in the stomach to heal. Uh, I got an ulcer basically. And um, that, that with that diagnosis, I, I, I took the medication and took the pain away, but it didn't restore my energy levels. And uh, so, so for a while, I, I just felt fine, but the pain came back. And I went to the doctor, uh, my medication had run out and I got prescribed more of those proton pump inhibitors. And at that point, when I got that, you know, the, the new medication I got was not as effective as the previous one. So I, I went online and I, I did what I'm good at, which is, you know, doing research and understanding what's going on in my system. So I had to look in the mirror and understand what's going on with my gut. And um, I first started looking at the medication itself, the proton pump inhibitors. And what I learned is that you're not supposed to take them all the time. Like at that point, I was taking it for months and you have stomach acids for a reason. And if you if you use this type of medication that are reducing stomach acids in the long term, it will basically uh, it can it can lead into bacterial overgrowth in the small intestine. Um, it can lead into fungal infections. I mean, there is many things related to it. And um, so, what I did, uh, I went really deep. I first started from. Uh, the ulcers. I learned about uh, inflammation. I learned inflammatory diseases and um, low-level inflammation and all these different things. And my hypothesis was basically that my because of my lifestyle and stress and all that, what I was going through, my my system was in in an imbalance and a kind of a constant state of low-level inflammation and uh, the inflammatory disease, like a ulcer, was just a manifestation of that long-term effect. And um, so I decided to balance things and I started learning how I can, you know, reduce inflammation and, and first restore uh, the functioning of the whole, whole system. And 
the, the research led me to designing this um, gut healing protocol. And in this gut healing protocol, I had a very holistic approach. First, uh, making sure that I sleep enough, uh, seven and a half hours a night at least. You can, you can see that this is done in 2012, so 10 years ago already. And I, I was looking into breathing techniques. So that's what cardiac, co cardiac coherence is here, meditation as well. So different breathing techniques to increase heart rate variability and, and doing meditation on a regular basis to increase parasympathetic nervous system activation, which is important for gut function as well. So to reduce uh, sympathetic tone and um, uh, sympathetic nervous system activation. I was looking into hydration. Uh, in terms of food, uh, I basically designed an anti-inflammatory diet. So the, the building block was to take out foods that are pro-inflammatory, that increase inflammation, then add in foods that reduce inflammation, and um, then look at gut microbiome and, and look at um, restoring, you know, uh, nu nutritional status and correcting nutritional deficiencies and so on. And I had certain supplements also that I was looking into uh, on top of a proper diet. Um, uh, so uh, there, there are certain uh, supplements that were key for uh, gut functioning that I was get, getting in uh, and, and I mean, probiotics, prebiotics, selenium, zinc, uh, vitamin D, uh, B vitamins, omega, omega three oils, etc. And um, uh, when it comes to gut herbs, I was looking into uh, a lot of, you know, um, cabbage and broccoli and fermented sauerkraut and all that for the Kabakin. Uh, and um, so I read interesting studies about sulforaphane long before it was kind of cool and uh, fashionable in the biohacking circles. I mean, biohacking even at that time was pretty early. And uh, so if you look at, you know, the basic building blocks of this particular um, intervention, it was focused on recovery. It was anti-inflammatory diet and nut nutrition, uh, gut healing uh, with prebiotics and probiotics and other supplements. And, and in terms of stress management, I was looking into breathing. Exercise not going too over the board. And what happened when I started this, I would say also my diet was pretty much ketogenic because I reduced uh, carbohydrate intake and I increased fiber uh, and, and diversity of food items. And uh, after three months, my pain was gone. And after five months, I, I noticed that when the summer was coming, my allergies also went away. So what happened with this anti-inflammatory diet, my immune system was not overreacting to external factors like uh, pollen, for example, anymore. So since then, um, that was 10 years ago. Now, I, I, I haven't had uh, situations where I would need an antihistamine. Uh, so it's very rare that I would get a serious reaction or a reaction at all. Like right now, it's pollen time and no, nothing. I don't I don't need antihistamines. And um, so I learned a lot about gut and I had been searching for a doctor who would know about gut health. And um, Dr. Oli Soviarvi was, was the guy in Finland and I uh, booked them, you know, appointment at his play, uh, his, his clinic. And that was like four months down the road. And at that point, I was already implementing my protocol. And the, the time when I had the time, I was already a healed man. So I was thinking like, should I go and bother this guy? So I decided that, hey, I might cancel this. But in the end, like in, in the very moment, in the early morning, I decided, yes, 
I will go. I will just tell him that I'm a completely healed man and I just want to tell what I did. And one of the key factors or components of the whole thing was all the self-quantification, quantified self, self-measurements that I did, lab tests, genetic tests, allergy tests, uh, blood tests, uh, self-tracking, including heart rate variability, uh, sleep quality, all that. That was 10 years ago, long before O-ring, long before, you know, activity trackers were you know, popular items or even available. I had to order a lot of these things long, long before personalized diagnostics was easily available. So I did all of that and I went to his clinic and I told what I'd done. I showed the research, I showed the protocol, I showed the reasoning, the research papers and the 20 minute appointment ended up being a couple of hours. And later on, we became friends and we started writing the biker's handbook. So that's how we met. And Oli is here. So Oli is uh, nowadays a pretty pro expert also on gut health and uh, he has also an online course for it. Well, that, that was some introduction. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what, what, what else to add. Uh, anything but uh, I was really astonished uh, about Temu's knowledge on, on the topic when he, he, he came to my appointment back in 2013. So uh, your your diagram or, or the model you prescribed, like described here was from 2012. So um, yeah, that that was a very uh, fruitful discussion, and we realized that we have both these kind of systemic and integral way of thinking things, whether it's gut health or or anything else. And uh, fast forward a couple of years. We finished with the nutrition part of the Biker's Handbook, which involves a lot of material also uh, around the gut and the gut health and the system. I think we're going to go through that a little bit here. And also um, that led to me running a course already back in 2014 about optimizing your gut. And I've actually run it over six years in, in Finnish and now um, think a little over one year or maybe one and a half years you know time flies I don't, I don't actually recall it but the optimizer gut online course which I just want to uh, show that it's now minus 50 percent so um, we have this regular uh, campaigns you know this is usually maybe every third month or so but this has become pretty highly popular gut optimization course and I haven't seen anything similar to that. Uh, I know Chris Kresser has some but I, I think this is uh, one of the most comprehensive courses and the bonus in the course is that you see my replies to every person who has uh, like answer, uh, questioned have any, having any questions uh, around gut issues and, and this is a seven week systematic course but uh, so if you want to go really deep into your own possible problems and issues, this would be it. And I'm there to help and answer your questions. Awesome. So there we go. Uh, uh, and Seem. Before we, yeah, before we continue, like if you are on the chat on Seem Lunch YouTube channel or the Biker Summit YouTube channel, uh, I'm following the chat. And uh, if you have any questions, like just ask and we would be happy to answer your questions. The more interactive we get, the better it, it becomes. And uh, uh, there's questions about probiotic formulations, uh, foods, fermented foods, etc. Uh, which probiotic, which type strains? We will answer all of these during the course of of, of this webinar. And uh, 
Uh, there's already some hacks being discussed about blood sugar regulation, apple cider vinegar, all that. So whatever questions you have, like uh, we would be happy to answer. And um, yeah, we have Seamland also on, on the line. And uh, uh, have you seen had any gut issues or how central is gut optimization in your life? Mm. Uh, well, I've never had like any uh, real like gut issues uh, and uh... Yeah, I've like I usually like grew up in the countryside, so I've always been like in this very um, bacteria-rich environment and uh, with you know dirt and stuff like that. So I do think that my kind of microbiome itself is very uh, diverse uh, ever since my birth, and uh, I think that's also very kind of critical. One of the missing components in like the modern living that uh, people are living in these very uh, sterile uh, cities, and they're actually avoiding all bacteria all the time, and uh, you know washing their hands and uh, cleaning things up with uh, chemicals and stuff like so that definitely has like a pretty uh, mm. big uh, impact on your like immune system and uh, your microbiome especially like I've, I, I've, I've never even taken like antibiotics or painkillers or anything like that so yeah I think I, I have a pretty good uh, microbiome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you exercise a lot. Yeah. You, you do a lot of exercise and um, many people who overdo exercise they end up with gut issues and uh, yeah why is that hmm. well it's usually because of the stress and uh, the cortisol you're, you're kind of breaking down the uh, the intestinal lining when you're exercising and you're when you're fasting as well and if you're like you know not repairing it with adequate nutrition uh, or like some nutrient deficiencies or not getting enough protein especially then uh, yeah that's just going to eventually you know, usually it's going to cause like some symptoms of this intestinal permeability. And from that, you get like autoimmune issues and other kind of flare ups. Yeah. So people in the chat, if you have any any gut issues, experience with this topic, just post in the chat. We have people from South Africa, from India, from Stockholm, from Madeira. You know, people keep on jumping in from Estonia as well, from England. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Agatha and Furious Tea Sipper and you know, Oli and all, all other other guys, so like, and girls. So if you have any questions, uh, go ahead. Um, so Oli, like, um, I mean, you are, you are kind of, as a doctor, you've been focused a lot on uh, first healing the gut. Um, yeah. uh, and you also had your own problems with that. Like, can you reflect on that a little bit? Yeah, uh, I was kind of uh, in awe of hearing Seam's story living in the countryside and never had to take any antibiotics and well, actually, it shows you, you, your system is, is really bulletproof and, and uh, you have kind of avoided the things that, for example, I've gone through, like living in the city, uh, doing antibiotics, you know, having, having a lot of physicians in the family and it, it was always antibiotics. But I've, I've asked actually this about my parents and they said I didn't take that many antibiotics. But uh, on the other hand, our... Uh, diet wasn't that rich it was pretty highly processed you know typical western diet i would say of course we we ate also clean food but uh, we had a lot of chemicals in the house personal care stuff and I, I put on myself a lot of stuff that i would never put on myself like now so uh, it has taken also um kind of long time to detoxify and balance the system balance the gut all, from all of these stressors, from all of the toxins that I put on myself throughout the years. And also, of course, highly stressed life, like medical school and, uh, you know, 
from from there i i think actually the the stress period and uh that uh began in the army when i was in the army and and uh creating this chronic sleep deprivation and from there on it actually really never eased until like i would say maybe 2010 when i realized that this this has to end that i cannot live like that of course i wasn't sick you know usually at all but uh, i was like chronically tired but there are many things to that and also uh, gut issues throughout the years but um, having found all kinds of means to treat myself first and foremost i've uh, read and treated hundreds and hundreds of patients also got with gut related issues and uh, there there wasn't that much information back in 2010 on on for example gluten or or grains or milks possible like disturbances in the gut and all these FODMAPs and you know uh, as when we speak now and compare the information that it is now it's it's uh it's, it's like i would say like a hundredfold difference so yeah. i've also had to dig a lot of stuff that really wasn't available in finland and then i i began um just um you know um doing it with my patients of course it was always based on research but there were no protocols for example in Finnish so uh, that's also my way into treating patients uh, with gut Mm. issues awesome yeah there's there's a bunch of questions coming in on on colon health and probiotics prebiotics and uh, Heshi is saying that we are frustrated with diet it has been restricted for three years but now my husband allergies delved into chronic I mean, that's pretty much during the pandemic, probably what people experience, like uh, lack of, you know, exposure to bacteria and viruses and uh, and, and in the end, like uh, uh, isolation, lack of nature connection, all of that is probably showing in the gut microbiome as well. But only has a little, um, I guess, like a primer into gut health. And uh, I think we should go through a couple of slides so that we all get on the same mm. page. What about here sure uh, first i want to mention that uh, starting now we have a discount code 10 may 10 may not may 10 10 may to get minus 10 percent off all products there seems books we have black stuff we have different kind of probiotics collagen and you name it so just if you're interested in, in different kind of things and want to take advantage of this opportunity but anyhow, uh, I think it's pretty trendy to go back into ancient Greece, but there has to be a reason to that, because um, Hippocrates, if I admit him, I, I probably thought that he was a cool man, maybe not so serious, but he has some great um, sentences uh, which are still living in this world. All disease begins in the gut. Of course, he probably didn't speak English, but this is translation. And uh, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. And these are still ever more relevant, maybe more relevant relevant than ever. But if you take a look at the food's journey through the body, this is actually found in the Barker's Handbook. So if you want to take a closer look, take take, uh, your book and have a look. But but, what basically happens to when you eat... So there's, it's, it's a food, when you eat food, it's called bolus. So there's a 
you know, this bolus of food and you swallow it, it goes to the esophagus and to the stomach. And the stomach needs to be very acidic, around pH 1. And uh, when you go lower, it goes to pH 2, but, you know, very acidic. So if you think when Temu described he's using proton pump in inhibitors, what they do, they higher make the pH higher. So And that makes the whole uh, process of food and the digestion a lot more complicated and harder. And from the stomach, the food bolus goes to the small intestines, where is the actual nutrient absorption, especially in the first parts of the duodenum or the small intestine. And, and from there, uh, we actually have some bile secreted from the gallbladder to the small intestines and also some pancreatic enzymes to help really absorb the nutrients. And when the nutrients have been absorbed, uh, the material goes to the uh, cecum, uh, through the iliocecal valve, and we also have the appendix, which is actually a storage for good bacteria. So when we remove the appendix in case of like infection and, and serious inflammation, you actually remove a storage place for good bacteria. Uh, in the large intestine, we have mostly uh, like reabsorption of, of salt, but also some vitamin K and the production of vitamin K and all water or most of the water is also reabsorbed. And uh, when it moves further with these uh, movements, that are natural and should be working really fine. We go into the sigmoid colon where the feces are stored. And when there is this reflex to go to the toilet, uh, the poop comes out from the rectum and uh, possibly and probably to the toilet. So this is the food's journey through the system, like really um, explained very um, simplistically. But I think this is... This is something that people realized, okay, hey, this is what's happening. Uh, these are the steps I might be having to have a little help to really help my digestive system function. But it's funny, funny is that like you mm. are actually kind of like a hollow tube. Yeah. So your whole gut and the digestive system is kind of outside of you and it... Yeah. Um, decides what nutrients gets absorbed like through the uh, uh, gut gut barrier and um, you know the bacteria helps you on mm. the surface of that hollow tube to ferment uh, the food and break it down and sometimes increase even the nutritional content of the food that you eat so it gets absor absorbed and um, so you have the microbiome on your skin and you have that in your um, digestive system and there's a Good question here, like what is, you know, uh, uh, what, what is kind of uh, um, healthy gut biome? Uh, is there really, really a such thing? Mm. Uh, I would say like a healthy gut biome is in the end is, is at least in the studies linked to diversity. And I would yes. say that the ecosystem is balanced. It's in a homeostasis. It's in a equilibrium. That's kind of no single organism is dominating. And when it comes to probiotics for example that's another topic is like uh, what is good bacteria and what is bad we will come back to it but um, if we take a look at the digestive system only what are the typical issues people have with the different organs yeah so here we have uh, that are the most important parts of the digestive system 
So if we begin from the stomach, of course, there's this esophagus and you might have some swallowing problems and even like uh, problems in the, in the mouth, which is also part of the digestive system, but we are not concentrating on that. But as you described, uh, you had a severe stress, bad diet and really problems in the stomach and pro probably this ulcer that you treated by yourself. And uh, the problem is that people take and, and the doctors prescribe way too many these protopump inhibitors, which uh, in the short term use, they're okay, maximum two weeks, but when you use them in a long time, you create a lot of problems. But uh, the, the most common problem is not actually that it's too acidic, but it's that too low an acid. And that creates a lot of problems, a lot of digestive problems, which can lead to small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, nutrient uh, imbalances and the problems in the absorption and so on. Of course, uh, you can have some uh, issues in the, in the stomach lining, and even have some gastritis and at the, at the other end an atrophic gastritis which means that it's completely destroyed the, the lining of the stomach and then that causes again different kind of problems. In the small intestine usually people have problems in the absorption of different nutrients. Also quite many have overgrowth of bacteria that shouldn't be really growing there but rather in the large intestine that's that's a problem uh, people might have some um, mobility problems it, it's not going like smooth and and, and uh, moving to the large intestine so that's that's one issue also some diverticulites and diverticulitis uh, if it gets inflamed might cause some problems so different different kind of problems in there and in the large intestine which is the main uh, stories of these and that's where we measure the intestinal bacterial diversity. And it's it's also um, the if, if people have some like IBD, inflammatory bowel diseases, it's usually in the large intestines. Of course, it can be in the small, but usually it's in the large. So um, that is the place where all the all the um, salts and water is reabsorbed. But also the internal ecosystem, which has a lot of different kind of functions, and also the gut-brain communication, secretion of, of different kind of neurotransmitters, and so on and so on. Uh, the pancreas role in the digestion is the secretion of different kind of uh, digestive enzymes. So that's that is the the main role. Of course, the inner part has insulin and glucagon and and blood sugar regulation stuff and but that's a different thing. Uh, liver, it produces these uh, uh, acids uh, that are uh, stored in the gallbladder. So it, it's really helping bile acids. Uh, didn't get the word. So it's helping digesting especially fats, but bile acids also have their unique and own metabolic functions, for example, in blood sugar regulation and weight management and so on and gallbladder is the storage place for these bile acids. So um, usually people have some kind of problems if the gallbladder is removed and uh, mostly it can cause this kind of steatorrhea, which means that you have uh, some unabsorbed fats in your stool. So there we go. Mm. Thank you for the introduction. Now, if we 
if we take a look at um, a healthy gut, so you have healthy gut lining and um, inflammation like stress uh, or, or stress caused uh, low level inflammation and so on, it increases gut permeability. And when you eat food, um, when the food breaks down into components like peptides, some of those peptides can get into the bloodstream um, that are not actually allowed to go there because of the gut permeability and that uh, activates your immune system and immune system response and often when you have autoimmune disease it's linked to um, uh, gut issues uh, where your immune system is starting to attack its its own uh, cell linings uh, in different parts of the body so you get allergic reactions or whatnot and um, that is uh, one of the things um, which is kind of complex to heal um, and to understand. Um, but if, you, if we take a look at modern diet and lifestyle, for example, we eat a diet uh, high on pro-inflammatory um, uh, fats, for example. It could be trans fats, um, uh, highly processed food, that is uh, causing issues. You have food additives that are disturbing the gut uh, microbiome. You're not eating a diverse diet, so you might eat same food items over and over again. Like when you have vegetables, every time you have just ketchup and French fries. Cucumba. And <laughs> yeah, so, so you're actually feeding only specific bacteria in your gut and those get out of hand. So bacteria on their own are not, you know, the enemy here. Um, it's it's the species or strains that uh, take over that start to cause problems. Like in a healthy ecosystem, things are in balance. So if you take many issues, like even candida and yeast infections and so on, you need candida in your body for healthy functioning. But the problem is when it gets out of hand. If you eat too much sugar, you feed on feed the candida and you, you get get this overgrowth and uh, reactions all around the body. So in the end, it's about restoring the balance. And one way to do that is to increase um, gut bacterial diversity. I use some supplements for it. I have um, Saccharomyces boulardii, for example, here, which is often for travelers dire here is pretty awesome. If you if you get some acute food poisoning or so on, like this is pretty awesome for that. Um, seed, this is symbiotic. So it's a it's a soil based um, probiotic preparation that also has the the prebiotics. So often the the probiotics or the bacteria, uh, the the probiotics they need also some prebiotics to absorb well. Most of that gets dis destroyed when you take 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 them. Uh, that's why they are encapsulated usually so that they bypass the stomach acid. Uh, but still, a lot of those guys get get you know wiped out on the way and very little actually ends up uh, in the system so for that reason it's very important to also eat a diet which is feeding bacterial diversity like having so-called living foods like um, sauerkraut or fermented foods in general maybe a couple of sips of kombucha occasionally kimchi all of that um, uh, and also like having like some raw raw vegetables and salads and so on this time springtime i'm collecting a lot of wild herbs and uh, and plants and I'm, I'm using those um as part of my diet fiber is important fermentable fiber 
because in the in the microbiome uh, they produce short chain fatty acids like butyrate. Butyrate is basically what you have in butter also. So you can have butter um, or ghee uh, if you don't want to have the milk protein as well. Uh, but fiber is important for digestion and slowing down absorption of sugars and all that also. Uh, but it creates this kind of mucus um, that is very beneficial in the digestive system. Uh, so, uh, and it has another effect which is related to fat metabolism and cholesterol and so on. Um, Beta-glucans um, are in oats and barley and uh, they are also in mushrooms and, and I use some medicinal mushrooms like chaga and reishi and all that which are high in beta-glucans and beta-glucans they produce um, this kind of mucus that uh, binds some of the cholesterol as well so for that reason beta-glucans are sometimes prescribed for high cholesterol um, so for um, healthy, balanced uh, lipid metabolism, you also need some fiber. You might need some beta-glucans and all that. But beta-glucans have another effect, which is they stimulate the production of macrophages, uh, basically cell eaters uh, in your immune system. So when you have an intruder, the macrophages are basically trapping those uh, intruders. And um, beta-glucans stimulate that production. So immune system is key for gut health also and and for that reason like supplements like zinc selenium magnesium omega-3 oils uh, are very beneficial and when i had my gut issues a couple of supplements were really key one of them was uh, glutamine and the other one was collagen um, glutamine like five grams in single dose if you have diarrhea uh, after that can speed up the recovery of the gut lining uh, uh, and and um, only can maybe give a little more information about that and so some of the amino acids and their benefit yeah i just wanted to mention uh, you mentioned the immune system though so it's actually a specific gut associated lymphoid tissue that's regulating regular in the system it's called GALT and uh, that's why you often hear saying of, of course this is a Wikipedia article but this is pretty legit you often hear the saying that 70% of the immune system relies in the gut but that is uh, that is actually pretty true so um, many people do not actually realize that uh, when the gut is in good condition your immune system usually is in, in a good condition but I actually would like to hear Seam's takes on, on these kind of things. Um, there are a lot of questions. I don't know if Seam sees these questions. And uh, I think we should get these questions. Um, I, can, I can add like a few comments about this, yeah. the topic so far. That, uh, like, yeah, the, the um, idea of, uh, like, what, what, yeah, it's very, like, a vague term of what is a good microbiome or what is the kind of perfect balance. And mm. it's a very... Uh, very like uh, is all it, it itself. It's very uh, changing all the time. Like you can change your microbiome within days by just changing the foods that you eat. And uh, usually, that is more of like that. Yeah, the there are certain strains of bacteria that are often associated with health and uh, let's say uh, leanness, whereas some other strains are more associated or more found in people who are obese or sick. So uh, and. Uh, I think there may be like several ways of reaching that end goal. So there isn't like a one particular best microbiome diet and the best microbiome supplement. It's very uh, dependent on the person 
and depends on their uh, the way they react to the foods, their like sensitivities or their genetics as well. And uh, yeah, generally, just uh, it's almost like the if you are healthy and fit and lean, then usually your microbiome is also going to be uh, you know in good shape. Whereas if you are diseased and sick or obese, then the microbiome is a reflection of that uh, disease state. If that mm. makes sense. And skin, and uh, that's yeah, also yeah. what I take a look at people. You, usually, you can tell a lot about their skin health and how how they look outside uh and that that that's a reflection on on the state of the gut and as you mentioned mm-hmm. here if a person is obese usually he or she has some problems in the gut balance and uh one of the things that might be out of whack or in imbalance is the relation of firmicutes to bacteroides and that's that's yeah. also that's been uh i think that's one of the most researched uh, kind of like a ratio So when you transform this ratio, you also usually get either leaner or you get more more obese. But then again, Mm. the diet you use, the foods you take is also what feeds these kind of bacteria. And you can Mm. play around with that. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the bacterioides, the bacterioides are the ones that are associated with leanness, if I'm not mistaken, and the firmicutes are the ones that are associated with obesity. Yeah, that that is uh, what I also recall. Of course, uh, you you can actually see this uh, analysis if you take this, for example, this GIFX comprehensive profile, and uh, that is what I used on my patients. Uh, th- this is ba- basically the, the interpretation of the glands, uh, like like the first page. But you can also see the diversity association, but you have like many tens of different kind of bacteria and their uh, PCR content. And you have like Fusobacteria, Firmicutes, Bacteroides, uh, Actinobacteria, Proteobacteria and so on. This different kind of uh, phyla or or, um, genus of bacteria. So yeah. uh, Having having this kind of like comprehensive analysis on the state of your gut, not just necessarily the diversity, but you know the overall state. If you have inflammation, any infections, any insufficiency, maybe you have some fecal fats, or you have imbalance in the bacterial balance. You have, let's say, too much uh, potential pathogens, yeast, and so on. Uh, when having this kind of um, comprehensive analysis and a bigger picture of the whole system, then I think it's a lot easier to actually do these kind of changes. But, of course, uh, ASIM has a lot of material which are generally good. I, I think they are, no matter what, uh, like where you live, uh, what's your sex, your age, you have a lot of good information also on the gut health. So maybe, right. like let's say, like a top three recommendations for gut from SIM. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I think, yeah, the uh, one really important one would be to just, yeah, avoid these, like, say, highly refined and highly processed foods because, you know, they're very, you know, high in calories and uh, high in sugars and carbs and fats. And at the same time, they don't have, like, a lot of these enzymes and micronutrients. So you're just getting, like, these empty calories that uh, just increase your risk of obesity. And uh, they don't have, like, this beneficial effect on the microbiome. And at the same time, they, uh, also are harder to digest in a sense that they don't have these enzymes. So like these very refined oils, they virtually have no micronutrients and uh, yeah, just empty calories. That would be like the first thing. The second thing would be, I think, um, maybe doing some of this uh, timer CDEing because that's also been found to uh, help the microbiome in research. 
like it helps to like lower inflammation it helps to eliminate these pathogens in the gut and it actually has been shown to like improve some of the diversity in the gut instead of like destroying the bacteria like you would expect that if you're not eating then you're kind of killing off the bacteria but actually the microbiome itself kind of balances itself out because you're you know ceasing the food consumption and allowing it to mm. kind of uh, work in conjunction with autophagy so autophagy has like a pretty um, important role in the microbiome and the immune system as well by just eliminating these uh, pathogens and mm. uh yeah. Lastly, I would say. Yeah. Lastly, I would say that maybe like this uh, circadian rhythm alignment. So uh, your uh, gut has its own circadian uh, clock as well, and uh, the circadian rhythms in the in the brain and the, through the rest of the body, they also regulate your digestion, your metabolism, and the gut function as well. So um, I think uh, this, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, like the circadian mismatches will lead to uh, more this dysbiosis, and the dysbiosis often is, is, is uh, hand in hand with these uh, circadian mismatches as well. So yeah. that would be the last one. So, super, right. uh, super. I, I think this is a, this is a, one of the like, most, most comprehensive answers to this kind of question. And it's systematic uh, because these kind of basic things, basic rhythms uh, have, have a really big effect, a bigger effect than people actually realize. And uh, what what I how I fixed uh, for 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 the better and for the for the good my bacterial balance and the diversity and the overall balance was through intermittent fasting and simply not eating and and the AMP, AMPK levels and also it um, uh, changed the firmicutes the bacteroides relationship so I actually found this really nice study from two thousand twenty. Uh, from nutrients, the Firmicutes bacteria's ratio, a relevant marker of gut dysbiosis in obese patients. So we, there's a lot of stuff to go through, but we know if if the Firmicutes go high, it's usually you, you go obese. And uh, this was an interesting point here uh, that if if um, there's this. Uh, Sentence: The studies were supported by studies in animals fed high-fat or high-fiber diets, showing higher firmicutes and bacteria abundance. So basically, if you eat high-fat, you usually have higher firmicutes, and usually it leads to obesity. And and again, higher fiber leads to higher bacteria. But of course, it's not that black and white. And usually, they feed mm -hmm. these animals really high inflammatory uh, fats. So, but yeah, I these these, yeah. these these diets are like uh, you know cocoa Corn butter oil. with uh, cereal and yeah like this yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. basically this the American American diet and yeah. uh, that is because of the high fat. What you can deduce yeah. from this is that high, low quality fat, high, high yeah. like highly inflammatory fat, it's really bad, yeah. and uh, these um, polyphenols, especially high fiber polyphenols, um, these um, kind of plants are actually really good. And I've been playing around with this, like kind of switching the diet from higher fat to lower fat. And I've, I've actually noticed that for me personally, if I cut the fat lower and increase the fiber, no matter if it's good fat, you can still eat too much of good fat. It's actually working for me, for my system and my genetics a little bit better. So not going to the ketogenic, like super ketogenic the diet, like side, but most more of the I would say like the Mediterranean side, but still on the low carbohydrate yeah, that's, side. That's what people often go 
I guess wrong with keto is they yeah. eat a narrow set of food items, uh, a lot of fats, uh, only specific food items over and over again, and that has an effect on the microbial diversity. Now, guys, let me stop the train for a second because our yeah. <laughs> says that, guys, can you also take some questions uh, in addition to sharing all the knowledge? There's a lot uh, of questions. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of questions. Uh, best sources of fiber uh, and best sources of good collagen. Uh, now, I, I had some reindeer bone broth in my coffee, so I guess that's a pretty good uh, source of um, of collagen, um, but definitely like gelatin uh, is, is a pretty good source. Um, um, eating yeah, bone marrow is mentioned here, um, connective tissues and, and so on. Like often people, when they have meat, they have the lean cuts, but sometimes you may actually want to have like... Uh, uh, minced meat and and yeah here is uh, here is the bone broth the wild crafted reindeer bone broth here from Finland super clean it's uh, found nowhere else it's it's literally yeah. found nowhere else out <laughs> so um yeah let's take a few questions yeah best sources of fiber what do you guys think hmm. I think uh well, I think the fermented foods tend to be one of the best ones. Um, so you get the probiotics from that. Um, some people are more sensitive to uh, fermented foods and they get like histamine reactions from that. So you have to mm. do have to be careful with it. Uh, but generally, like I like just like slightly like some some steamed vegetables as well as like actually like beans and legumes are pretty good for uh, prebiotics and they have like more of this resistant starch, which also is uh, good for uh, glucose uh, regulation and uh, the microbiome. So yeah, like I usually eat like some uh, beans and uh, steamed vegetables uh, with some fermented foods. Yeah, so so uh, my my take is uh, somewhat different. And uh, you you mentioned here that uh, I seem to his histamine intolerance, so get a runny nose, and uh, these kind of fermented foods are really a no go. I've I've been trying to take them for years, and every time I got this kind of a uh, situation going on it's it's still also the same with sulfites but uh, what i like for uh, fibers in particular are berries uh, different kind of high polyphenol berries uh, i love uh, very very dark and raw chocolates so i actually have here i have a raw dark chocolate with bilberry powder so uh, this is this is for my gut i'm not going to chew it now but uh, maybe taken later. And I also eat a lot of leafy greens and uh, like a huge variety of leaf greens. So th those seem to work really well well for me. But also um, I like um, cooked and then cooled potatoes with the resistant starch. So I can tolerate quite a bit of resistant starch and that, it, that doesn't seem to cause any problems, but rather uh, create a lot of uh, stability for the gut and I also feel that it does good for me and also every now and then uh, cooked and then cooled cooled rice and uh, so yeah those those are basically my my favorites of course oats uh, I eat a couple of times per week some oats like uh, organic oats 100% oats and uh, I find those are are also really good and maybe some seed like seed crackers every now and then not too much if i eat them too much i get too too much of a stool and uh, of course that might not be a bad thing but it's clearly stimulating 
stimulating the bacterial growth and the stool production. Uh, for me, um, these legumes are really a no-go because of their high FODMAP content. Uh, maybe some lentils every now and then if they're like well cooked. And uh, but beans are a no-go for me. But uh, Sim is r- right on this. If you tolerate them, they're an excellent source also for fiber. So it depends on on your own on uh, preferences some on your system. Some of the best um, uh, some some of the best um, uh, are are the leg uh, the, uh, the what are the black ones the beluga beluga yes beluga that, lentils that's the ones highest highest in nutrient content. So often like these dark colors are pretty awesome. Yeah. About uh, nuts and seeds and all that like. Even collagen, we have in the bikercenter.com store. We have food ins. Uh, this is the granola bar. We got uh, some keto bars and so on. Some of our customers said that these are some of the highest quality in in terms of ingredients uh, and uh, composition compared to any other bars on the market. So take a look at that from food in. It's a Finnish company and very high quality ones. Uh, I'm having one here right now. So and Biohackers chocolate. Yeah, bikers I'm, chocolate. I'm eating raw chocolate, so it's it's people don't really realize that it's it's one of the best sources of polyphenols and fibers. So chocolate, in general, like dark and raw chocolate, is one of the best foods you can actually do and eat for your gut. Right. But also in moderation, if 100 grams, probably not doing good, but you know, few. Yeah, few, there, few here a, and there. There's some comments that someone can't have like uh, let's say bone broth or meat at home uh if you are on a vegan diet uh sprouting things and fermenting foods and soaking them like seeds and so on is is a really good idea like when you have quinoa for example which is very high on uh, nutrient content uh it, it causes gastrointestinal problems if you are not soaking it uh well enough you have to actually rinse it several times let it sit Maybe putting some vinegar, a little bit of vinegar in it to help in the process. Like you, the seeds often have in the in the whole uh, in the covering part of the seed these kind of anti nutrients like lectins and saponins and other um, proteins yeah, and, 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 and yeah. all that. So you can actually soak them out, and when you sprout something, it's actually dropping its guard in a way. It considers, oh, okay, I can grow now. And it actually increases often the nutritional content. A good example is, of course, like uh, sprouted broccoli seeds that are for for their sulforaphane content very popular in, in biohacking circles. Now, uh, what else? Uh, there's a question about uh, psyllium husk and inulin. Um, I use occasionally a little bit of psyllium um, in if I make some raw cake or something like that. Well, what do you guys think about inulin or, or or psyllium if you don't get fiber from other sources? Well, I can, I can go first. Mm. Uh, well, both, both are good. Psyllium, uh, I think it's it's more neutral. It's uh, more, it's well, better tolerated. And it's uh, especially good if you have some constipation, but also, also if you have some diarrhea. And it seems to also provide a little bit of uh, Food for bacteria, but not too much. Mostly, it, it, it's the cons- consistency of the stool. Uh, inulin, on the other hand, it's it's uh, of course it's a very high FODMAP, but but it's also very uh, 
feeding for the good bacteria. So it depends on the situation. If you already have a lot of bacteria, it might not be that good. But on the other hand, it might be really good. Hmm. Yeah, I think the, with the psyllium husk, like if you, if it may work for some people who aren't getting like enough fiber from their food, but uh, and if they are like sensitive to actually eating more fiber, so that, that can be something that can dry. But I don't, I, I haven't like tried it myself that you know often to see like if it doesn't work or not. Um, with the with the inulin, like I, you know, a lot of the uh, these uh, keto bars and uh, paleo bars, they have like inulin in there as a fiber. And uh, what I've heard is that, you know, most people, they get really bad reactions from eating those bars yes. because of the inulin and uh, that sort yeah. of thing. So, uh, like, yeah, like I, I think you probably have to be yeah, careful with uh, how much inulin are you getting. So like, yeah. Yeah, too much, too much is definitely not good. I, I wouldn't yeah. supplement with inulin. It's it's, uh, it, it's high, let's see, like like uh, asparagus, some inulin, but also, uh, I'm liking the word, word in English. Uh, well, garlic has a lot of inulin. But it, it's a fructo oligosaccharide, and if you take it too much, you're definitely gonna fart a lot, and you're gonna get a lot of gas. So that's for sure. Mm. <laughs> but if you're looking for that, then <laughs> be my guest. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, Paul is asking, how do you get strains of bacteria back up, uh, that once they are completely depleted? And there's another question from Katarina um, mm. on uh, anti like what to take after antibiotics. What are the best probiotics to yeah. take? I, I would go with the first one. I would go with the seed, the seed symbiotic. So if, if your diversity and, and the total flora is totally like completely gone to zero, it's been destroyed. The seed literally helps and it's one of the best like in the market, even if not the best and the most research and the highest quality. Uh, mm. You might not need that if you only have like some small disbalances uh, and different kind of things if you had uh, like a diarrhea caused by some kind of a let, let's say a fungus or a bacteria then the Saccharomyces boulardii has been really well researched to balance the system pretty quickly so so it depends on the situation and of course it depends on the balance you have if you already have a lot of lactobacilli uh, eating the more of them, it's not really creating anything good. It's it's actually worsening the imbalance, and also it might create uh, a lactic acidosis into your system, which is actually it's causing a lot of brain like brain fog and a lot of different kind of systemic order uh, like uh, symptoms. So uh, be careful of also that, and also yeah. histamine intolerance with different kind of strains that actually worsen the histamine production. So uh, you have to take a look at the strains, what they have, and, and whether you're tolerant to them or not, whether you have already a lot of, let's say, lactobacilli in the system, whether it's good or not. Right. There, there is basically like the marketing term for good bacteria, and it's not always good if it gets <laughs> no, out of hand. It's and, always uh, context-dependent. Yeah, of course, uh, I, I, don't, I don't want to get any like... Uh, Pathogenic bacteria, which which are not context dependent, they are pathogenic right. no matter what. After some antibiotics, I would take glutamine. Uh, I would take probably some other amino acids like glycine, even magne <laughs> magnesium, zinc. Um, uh, I would I would go for uh, some good prebiotic and probiotic for sure. Um, but restoring the gut lining is key and uh, keeping inflammation at bay. Uh, there is a question about as a, enzymes. As, as, 
as a last resort, like if those probiotics and food doesn't work, then like the fecal transplant is probably the, <laughs> the only way to kind of fully restore like a like a microbiome if you have it like some serious uh, damage or some serious antibiotic uh, from there. That that is uh, one option, but again, the problem is <laughs> that it's not lasting. Uh, it, it's right. totally again dependent on your uh, diet. So people tend to go to the previous balance. But of course, if, if it's completely destroyed, then having, having this uh, transplant might be a good idea. But the, the caveat is here that I have a lot of, I've heard a lot of stories that people's uh, thoughts are changing <laughs> and their behavior is changing because you are introducing a totally new ecosystem, which, which then again have some like a different kind of neurotransmitters different kind of patterns so yeah. so the gut gut brain axis goes also out of balance for at least for a while so it might become a different person <laughs> <laughs> yeah when, when like see, see your hair hairstyle looks great <laughs> <laughs> have you it taken be, a gut transplant <laughs> it, it must be the gut transplant uh so uh, there's a question about enzymes, and I would also throw in the question about hydrochloric acid and uh, HCL, basically a supplement. Like, what do you guys think about helping digestion? And yeah, here are some recommendations from Oli, and you can get those from the bakercenter.com. Yeah, store. so uh, definitely if you have some problems digesting proteins and overall like uh, bloating immediately after eating, I would go and try with bio-optimizers, HGL breakthrough. I, I think this is the best HGL product in the market. It's, it's uh, I've, I tried it myself and it does really do wonders. And also if you have a lot of uh, like complex stuff to break, let's say different kind of complex fibers, then the bio-optimizers Mazzymes is also high, highly, uh, highly functional uh, enzyme product. Then again, on the, on the bacterial side and, and the ecosystem, this uh, new product, finished product called Black Stuff, having some lignans from uh, Birch and also from Jaga, seems to be a really unique uh, product to balance the bacterial system and strain. And of course, uh, we already discussed this, the wildcrafted bone broth. Uh, really overall good, like soothing soup-like product for the for the intestinal lining of the gut, so this this would be like my four top go tos. I know, uh, let's say, Seam has you have almost the same. You have yeah. you have magnesium here, so we're we're kind of uh, on the same page, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, like uh, the HCL is good. Yeah, and, magne and magnesium is uh, mostly for uh, you know electrolytes and the stress and that sort of thing, relaxation. Indeed, and also bowel movements. Really, really yeah, yeah, helping with that. And Temo has some uh, different options. What, yeah, what, yeah, why I do you have some MCTs like, in here? Yeah, I, 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 we already discussed the glutamine and, and yeah. zinc. Um, yes. Actually, Vida, Vida Kula series, there is magnesium also. There is <clears throat> ashwagandha, but, um, there, there is zinc. Those are um, uh, like... Uh, bioorganic uh, version, so not like raw extract zinc or something like this. These are very high quality capsules and uh, plant-based and all that. Um, uh, the caprylic acid actually, like I've used MCT oil, here is the Nordcode MCT or the C8. 
Um, I've used these for a long time. For me, it's it's a lot about optimizing also blood sugar regulation. And um, th these things are, are, are key for that. Uh, coconut oil influences uh, uh, blood sugar spikes definitely. Like, I mean, the, the MCT oils, they go to the liver and uh, uh, they produce ketone bodies and, and basically are directly a source of uh, fuel for, for the mitochondria. So, so that's one thing that I put in my salad dressings and I put in my coffee. And uh, apple cider vinegar before a meal. Krister is asking about the blood sugar curve. What is the biological process? It influences um, uh, gluco gluconeogenesis, um, absorption of, uh, of sugars, and, and, and also beta-glucans have similar effects. So medicinal mushrooms, uh, I often put like, yeah, sometimes even like chaga in, in my drinks. Uh, this is Mighty Fungi, it's an it's a Estonian company. We will have this in our store soon. The Lion's Mane ex double extract especially is amazing. Uh, tastes like toffee almost. Uh, and uh, and <laughs> extremely good for brain function, but, but the best. <laughs> yeah, definitely are one like barley and oats um, would be the ones if I had um, some, some, you know, I would avoid wheat, but I would go for barley and oats if I'm having any grains. And um, for me, also uh, for blood sugar regulation, uh, one of the hacks is uh, fenugreek as a spice. Um, many spices actually have like cinnamon. Cinnamon has, um, uh, has, has a pretty interesting blood sugar dampening effect. So that's mainly for the energy levels. But yeah, definitely there's probably also some, some effects on, on, the, on the gut microbiome. I, I had pretty good... Um, like gut health uh, last few years. So the like cyclical ketogenic diet has definitely worked for me. Occasional fasting, skipping breakfast and lunch and uh, hey, just hey, demo. break occasionally. Demo. Don't be a geek. Take fenugreek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh my, my newest one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <But I'm> <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> you lost your thoughts. If, if you guys listening, if you like like so far the webinar, you know, like the channel, subscribe, uh, share with your friend who has got problems, and, and we're good to go. Uh, so remember the discounts. Uh, it's uh, 10 May. Everything we have discussed here and more. It's uh, only a week, and it's not May 10. It's 10 May, and uh, of all products minus 10 percent and. Uh, the gut course, so I'm happy to help you there. This is kind of the offer. It's not going to repeat itself for a while. And uh, this this is my passion to help people to achieve homeostasis and balance in their lives. And uh, uh, I just love to help people. So minus 50% at the moment. Mm. Uh, there are some questions about protein sources. Like, I think this is a never-ending discussion about vegan versus protein. carnivore. And, uh, I love protein. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Like, awesome. I mean, I have, I have occasionally like some, um, uh, yeah, some some plant-based protein source also. Like, there's a question about whey versus pea protein. I don't really go over crazy with whey protein. I don't feel that it's good. Like, I think it has a blood sugar spiking effect also. So I, I like to go for 
for for me really like uh, like that but uh yeah some some fermented protein sources uh in in the vegetarian diet side are, are pretty good and uh, lentils we mentioned already um not so and, uh, tempeh. and not tempeh. tempeh definitely like uh is the highest k2 what am k2 if you have yeah. if you have soy uh, based products tempeh is just the best like yeah. uh, i i think i the only one one time I've tried tempeh was in Toronto during our 2018 Barker Summit when we went to this vegan restaurant and there were no <laughs> no other options for protein. Mm. Uh, it, it tastes good and I got really full from the, the, the meal, but uh, the hunger stayed. So uh, definitely I, I think it was lacking protein because protein is the most satisfying things vegan restaurants either i get super yeah. sleepy or hungry uh so uh, what do you what do you guys think about um uh what was the question here mm. oh, i missed missed what i was looking for there's yeah. a lot of uh, discussion i think there's a kind of a debate between two persons in here yeah it's going <laughs> like omega-3s and everything going on here basic basic yeah. food fights no it's not no it's yeah. not that no you're wrong no <laughs> yeah, my diet is the best on the planet yeah yeah so i i think in the end it's about diversity like if you if you are like hey a specific fat is best or specific protein then you only do yeah. that Recycle. probably you Wrong, recycle like. Pro protein recycling that's what i do i don't eat the same protein like in in like consecutive days i, I have like a rotation maybe it's, it could be like different protein source every day or maybe like five different kind of sources and uh, definitely animal proteins which are ethical and high high quality but i usually cycle between kind of like a lamb uh maybe some reindeer elk and uh, then some wild fish and uh organic either turkey or or chicken and a highlander beef so <clears throat> this is usually my rotation every every now and then some internal organs liver and, and so is on it, so, protein is often linked to food sensitivities yeah so if you, so if you let's say you hammer chicken every day chicken broccoli chicken broccoli chicken broccoli like <laughs> all yeah. the time or eggs 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 uh i i created intolerance on eggs because i eat five eggs every morning for two years back in 2014 <laughs> so uh uh <laughs> i still have some yeah. di disgust against eggs maybe i i eat them like once or maximum twice per week and that seems to be working fine yeah, I've been to asking if this course is suitable for someone with a leaky gut. Definitely, I mean. Oh yes, it's a there's a one specific week uh, for for the leaky gut syndrome and how to fix that. So there are step by step guidance and how how you can actually do it. And it's uh that that's been kind of also my passion treating leaky gut. So I can actually show uh, what does it mean. I think we show this pretty quickly, but this is like a simple illustration. So normally you have these intestinal mucosal cells and, and the tight junctions between the cells, but uh, it can come leaky and inflamed and the tight junctions 
are not really there anymore and it, it could also be leaky through through the cells and uh, this is creating like uh, stuff to the you you kind of really stuff to the bloodstream these different peptides that really shouldn't be there and you can actually test it by drinking this kind of uh, lactulose mannitol uh, liquid and you can we can see from the urine much comes out of the out of the system so uh pretty simple way to test it there is a conversation about nuts and you know nuts, man. the the kind of uh, i guess reductionism that is often present in uh, dietary recommendations and fats and ideas like uh, often when people people talk about nuts they're immediately like omega-3 to omega-6 ratio yeah if it's so bad uh no it's it's not bad like i mean there's a comment about walnuts that it's very high on omega-6 but there is some nutrients that are essential for brain function like we often like when we reduce things to a specific ingredient specific fat specific mineral whatever we are missing some of the let's say polyphenols or more more complex um uh, you know compounds that you get in there and and you're kind of blinded by just like fiber or protein or carbohydrate amounts so i would increase diversity definitely macadamia nuts are awesome for omega-3 yeah. to omega-6 ratio pistachios are actually really lot. good so, sorry pistachios are really good for the microbial diversity and balance but yeah, if, if you if you like uh, yeah yes yes uh uh, I, you know, nuts, uh, it, it's, it, there's a good saying that maximum of handful, your own house, handful of nuts. I have a pr- pretty big hand, so I, I could, I, I could actually eat more nuts, but that's a, that's a good size. You, and you should, couldn't, oh, you shouldn't go overboard with that. If you eat like tons and tons of nuts, of course, you're going to get too much omega-6. And then again, if you eat some grains and processed foods, then it's it's uh, accumulating. It's it's all, right. all always dependent on the context and the total totality of your own diet. And uh, you know, eating diverse kind of nuts. Different nuts have different kind of uh, compounds and different effects on the body, and they're not like good or bad. But uh, maybe yeah. I, I would say that. Uh, like this peanuts, which is actually actually not really a nut, so that might be the most uh, possibly harmful for the gut, or at least most allergenic. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the raw, raw ones that you get in Japanese restaurants, uh, what is it called? Like, um, you know, the green green things that Ooh. are often. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, like it, it's 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 worst. Um, uh, free hide question about colostrum supplementation for gut health excellent also great for Love immune it. system functioning uh go for it not not all the time but if you have some serious problems and you want to fix the leaky gut state fast then glutamine and colostrum in combination and maybe even some added lactoferrin would be a really good combo oh yeah lactoferrin oh, that's that's one one thing, by the way, that is a chelator also, so it can maybe uh, also help extract extract some heavy metals in from the body. So, yeah, yeah like that, that is the important. Yeah, wasabi. There's there's good good stuff here. So, uh, uh, what do you guys think about allergy tests? IgG, IgM. Yeah, they are um, doable. Uh, I've done them like hundreds with patients, and IgG, IgG four. Uh, 
they, they can be like uh, really good and uh, they can show for example the state of league gut if you have a lot of reactions that are high usually it's state that uh, the gut is very leaky and uh, they're not like uh, 100% sensitive so there might be some cross reactions some uh, results that are not actually true or they might show they might not show something that's there but uh, i would say that's one of the best options you can have and, and if you have an option not to take and to take and you have some problems i would definitely take these tests igm is uh, it, it's a different kind of test um, for a different kind of reaction uh, as it's ige ige is for allergies igm is more more of like this fast uh, reaction mostly to a different kind of pathogenic bacteria or, or like microbes but, but also for nutrients but usually it's IgG which which has the curve it, it's it's longer IgM is pretty fast and then it goes down then there is IgG and IgE is it's usually always high if the person has allergy right yeah so mm-hmm. that's another you know reason for cycling in and out from these things so that you don't develop um reactions or, or responses that are not so balanced or beneficial all right uh, is there a seem do you ha- listening to this conversation is there anything that you feel we haven't said that is very key when it comes to gut health um i don't know like uh i think yeah like the stomach acid tend to be like a really important part especially as you get like older and stuff so if your like stomach acid goes down then you can't really absorb the foods and you get like you know indigestion and uh, there also leads to bloating and uh, stuff like that so yeah you know the hl is good for that the apple cider vinegar can be good for that uh, but yeah just usually the stomach acid also goes down if you're like drinking too much water or uh, you know too much sugar and too much processed foods uh, too much foods or these dead foods that don't have like any digestive enzymes so yeah i think that's our last last pointer yeah definitely i actually have a slide about this and uh, zinc carnosine one of the best to rebalance the, the stomach function and, and the parietal cell lining. And this this been highly researched. And if you combine that with glutamine, uh, it's, it's, it's a win-win package. Then the, the beta and HL plus pepsin is uh, for, for the digestion itself. Then we have actually silica or silicone. And it's a micronutrient that also needed in, in the stomach lining. And uh, at least in Finland, we have this uh, product, specific product, which has this silicon or silica acid, caramelose, gel, uh, apple cider vinegar, we talked, uh, and also this basic stuff, do not drink when you're eating. It might somewhat dilute to the, the pH, not, not necessarily too much, but uh, I wouldn't drink while eating and also take, take time to eat and chew carefully. There is a, a question f- from a couple of individuals about Crohn's disease, ir- irritable bowel syndrome. So with Crohn's disease, like, is there anything specific you you want to only add maybe? Yeah, uh, there's of course a genetic component, a predisposition. It's it's uh, highly treatable with, with the diet and also with fixing uh, the, the leaky gut syndrome, which is always usually in the case I, i've treated like maybe 100 ibd patients with, with pretty good results of course it's it's not all about diet a lot of has to do with the stress management and uh, that is often 
when everything is in place, diet and, and supplements and stuff like that, even medication, but stress is out of whack. It's it's, uh, it's, it's still causing the, the stuff. It's it's so specific uh, state that uh, I'm not really going to give you a lecture about that. But of course, in the course, I go through also that and and uh, and. and the main line is that when you balance the whole system, the whole state system of your body, you also usually balance these chronic diseases. And what comes to yeah. IBS, irritable yeah. bowel syndrome, it's it's a it's a, it's a collection of syndromes uh, caused by different kind of things, uh, disbalances in the body. And uh, well, in fifty percent. People have actually SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which then again usually is due to low stomach acid levels, which is of course most often usually due to bad diet and chronic stress. So here we go again to the basics. So uh, always hmm. go yeah. first to the basics. Good yeah, first stuff. First, they're going to also yeah, identify what is the cause of it, like you said. That yeah. It can be many things, like maybe you have to take a like a gut test or some uh, something like that yeah. and uh, allergy test or something and then try to like come up with some different solutions based upon that yeah. yeah and just trying something like an elimination diet so that you take out from your diet typical uh problematic foods fodmaps uh, allergy causing foods and and you slowly add things back in and it usually uh, alleviates uh, for many people some issues mm. so um Agatha Velvet says that also remember to eat seasonally. That's the key, like yeah. to cycle things and out and not just like getting stuck to a specific fad or philosophy of, yeah. uh, of Well, eating. What about if you live in the Canary Islands? It's, it's always 20 to 22 <laughs> degrees, always the same sun, always the 12 hours uh, the long length of the day. Uh, how, how do you eat seasonally then? <laughs> or if you live, live in the <laughs> Antarctica? Just one <laughs> just one season so eat, 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 one eat season. the same every you know same food every day all the same, time same seafood every day so you, you need to order some uh wild reindeer marshmallow <laughs> <laughs> or um i don't know like uh, go to bikercenter.com check out the supplements um you know like this video and subscribe and uh, i think we covered a lot of ground guys and um yeah so 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 take a look at our may offers 10 may is the discount code uh, at parkercenter.com and uh yeah i think we have some lab tests also maybe you have we have one of the i don't i'm not sure if we have one of the gut tests yet there but if not it's coming there so you definitely should Nordic, check out the labs tests are Nordic coming lab tests. yeah they're coming they're coming so we will have a lot of different gut, te gut tests coming to the store very as well. good tests very good very nice you get good results okay so um yeah um thank you thank you very much everyone and uh, i wish you an amazing weekend uh healthy gut microbiome and uh, you know uh, remember that your gut is your second brain and if you take care of your gut often uh, your brain functions very well and the whole system as well so and all you might develop your humor <laughs> yeah you might have <laughs> yeah not a comedy <laughs> Very good. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, and thank you, Seam, and all for joining in. Yeah, I'll see you around. Cheerio. Cheerio. Bye -bye. Cheerio.